Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of 180 Degrees. And we have got Inga in studio with us again. How fun is that? Good evening, good evening everybody. Oh great, it's so great to have all three of us in studio. It's it's such a nice like, I don't know. Like, it's a vibe. It is a vibe. <laughs> I, that's the word. I don't know how it escaped me. We do love a good Monday and as you all know, we like to celebrate it. So I don't know how you're celebrating your Monday. I'm celebrating it by being here. Mm, I celebrated it by doing some exercise and then hey. I jumped mm. into my fan. So, What? yeah, I have a stand-up fan and I like I was I exercised into it. So that was not <laughs> very fun. I took it as a bit of a sign that I should stop for some time. So, mm. about an hour later, I carried on with my jumping jacks. But that's how I celebrated <laughs> this Monday. Well, you know, some people do jumping jacks outside to avoid objects. I don't really like outside, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't uh, agree with me. Well, guys, we've got such a fun show coming up with you. We'll be talking about black women in business. Now, you have no idea what that means. <laughs> the show is definitely for you. But we want to talk about these things because they're so truly important. And we'll be speaking to Cholo from Wolf the Vintage to find out a bit more about how this works, what her context is like, and how she got into this fascinating business. Visit our website now, www.imymovements.co.za. So this week we'll be talking to Cholo Mukitsane and we'll be talking about her business and what it's like being a woman in business but also what it's like being a black woman in business because we know with everything going on in the world at the moment we're in hashtag the plague times it's not easy to run a business business are closing their doors left right and center so for someone to start up a business and to actually still be going is something really noteworthy so mm. we'd like to welcome you to Olamukitsane we just to give you a little bit more her business it's an online township based store and most of the items are collected from the community of Motla King she has a fashion design diploma and she's a first year retail management student welcome Tolo hi hi thank you for having me No, it's so lovely having you here. Hi, Cholo. It's Inga over here. So we are so excited to have you here tonight. So tell us a little bit about the business. Uh, hi, Inga. So my business is Wolf the Vintage Store. It's online-based. We're currently running um, on Instagram at the moment. Um, it's uh, township-based. I like saying that that um, it's online, but we run from uh, from from the township. So how it started, it, um, it's a passion of mine. I've always been into retail and I've always loved fashion. And um, I, I have integrated um, the business with my passion and what uh, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about, which is a low-waste um, life and a sustainable one. So mm-hmm. that's how um, Wolf Vintage came to be. I mean, that's something that we are so, so, so passionate about here as well. We love We love just sustainable business. We love yes. fashion. We love all of these things together. Hi, Tola. This is Zoe here. Now, I would like to ask, what lessons have you learned from this business? Like, this can be general lessons, but can also be specifically related to women and as and to black women as well. Um, a lesson I've learned, number one, is that there is me and my business. That's um, the, 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 the most biggest um, lessons I've learned. Because before, I used to think that I'm my business and my business is me. And um, I couldn't manage manual mm. as well as time. I'd put everything into one bucket. Mm. So learning how to differentiate the two made a very um, big difference. That's, that's the number one lesson I've learned. 
that is such a big thing because so often we get lost in our business, especially if you're running your own thing. There aren't really office hours. Yeah. Like you can work on it yeah. whenever you want to. Mm-hmm. Have you struggled with burnout at all? Burnout? Yeah. Being like just yes. working too hard. <laughs> all the time. All the time. That's also the one of the points that I had here of the lessons I've learned is to outsource. Mm. Get help. If mm. you have anybody that can help you, no matter how small of a help that you can get, just get help because that will prevent you from burning out because with online businesses and working from home, it's very easy to, to get burned out because you're so passionate about your business and yeah. you want to do this and that and that and you get all lost in the whole cycle of it. So just outsourcing whatever that you can do, it, it helps, especially with me being an, 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 an attentionist. I get a lot of help from my community. We live in a very big household. So I have my cousins and my mom helping me out when I post up and they come in to help me clean them and get me ready for shoot. So uh, outsourcing is, is, is very, it's really helped me. Oh, we love family so much. <laughs> I would like to ask, you're currently studying retail management and you have a fashion design diploma. How have these studies impacted your business? Oh, greatly, greatly. And um, with my fashion design, because um, the, the, the most uh, uh, difficult, or I'd say the most challenging thing I've seen was um, buying pre-loved, um, pre-loved items, pre-worn garments, is that some of them come in very bad condition. Mm. And I don't think if I didn't have my knowledge for, for garment construction, I'd be able to repair some items. Oh. Because, you know, um, repairing a button by hand um, it's slower than doing it by machine. So if I didn't know how to do it by machine, I'll be still using the old hand method, and that will be taking time away from my from my business or other important things that I had to do, or maybe repairing a film. I would touch it with a scissor instead of an arm picker, which is much more easier to do it. So it's those little tricks that you learn from school, from sewing, and the little tools that you know that you know they work better than your normal household items that I think is you don't have a knowledge of sewing or, or any um of, of garment construction, you wouldn't know of, of such techniques mm-hmm. and tools. And with retail management at the back end of the business. I I got to learn about marketing and customer care, how to talk to people, um how to, to, to solve problems if a customer is not happy with, with your service or a certain item that you've bought. So with retail management, it has helped me a lot of that, especially in customer service. I thought I knew everything mm-hmm. up until this year. <laughs> I must say, when we were going through Instagram accounts, you're like, oh, you know, who are we going to talk to? And your Instagram account is one of the most beautifully curated I have seen, like, of any brand, not just of online thrifting, but, like, literally of any. If anyone wants to go check it out, <laughs> Wolf the Vintage, yellow, it's beautiful. So I, I can definitely see you're studying this. Like, this is something mm-hmm. you're really into. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's something that I'm very passionate about. Mm. Another thing that you touched on, I, I was watching one of my – it's a YouTuber I'm slowly falling out of love with. I was watching one of her Instagram accounts. She had spilled some sort of oil on this new jacket that she had bought, and she was freaking out. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to have to wait till it's restocked and I can buy a new one. And I was looking. I'm like, excuse me. Wash it out. Wash it out. 
So what you're saying about being knowledgeable on how to repair things, how to get stains out, how to put a button back on, how to fix a zip so you don't have to throw out a perfectly good jacket just because of one tear. Do you find a lot of people do that? Do you get a lot of garments that have like one little flaw and then, you know, it really just, it's that, that's the only thing that's wrong with it? All the time, all the time. Let me say about 80% of the garments, I have to repair something on them. Mm. especially if they're true genuine vintage. Mm. But the other thing is that, you know, what um, comes with is you, you, you sit it a lot. You get to, to, to learn the fabrics, and then by, by just looking at them, you can tell if um, some of the synthetic uh, uh, fibers, like the polyester, you know that chances are it has a little bit more wool to it mm. than if you were to buy a more natural fiber, um, like cottons and silks. Do you have so a f- it, yes? So it will be much more easier if you were to buy the the, the natural fibers. So with my studies, that has also helped. Do Do you have an, a favorite fabric that you like to work with? Cotton. Oh, mm. cotton. I, I love cotton. It's simple. It's uncomplicated. You can you can dye it. You can do almost anything with cotton. It is my absolute favorite fabric. Oh, do you dye it yourself? Sometimes, sometimes I do. Um, sometimes there's a place in our community, community where you can take your, your stuff to, to, to be dyed. I don't know oh. if you can mention brands. Go for it. Um, uh, do, do you guys know it's, um, it's a blanket factory, Arenda. So ever since I was growing up, even my grandmother, when I was young, they used to take their old jeans and stuff to that factory and they would color your stuff mm. into any other color. So everything that, if I want something to be changed into another color, I just take it to a render and then they do it for me. Mm. That is so cool. So using your community as well, like not just saying, I'm going to chuck out this jean and get me a new pink one, but actually taking your favorite jean and turning it pink. Mm. <laughs> so what would your best advice be to young people, especially young black women, in starting their own business? Um, it's to it's to start with what you have. You know, I know it it sounds like a cliche because we all want these big businesses that will be listed on the stock change <laughs> one day. But start with what you have and you're gonna grow with the business. Um before Water Vintage I actually had um a brick and water fast fashion store mm. which I, I, I think that I went too fast and too quick. Because in my head, I had this big vision. Yes, you must dream big, but your, your, your first step must be as small as possible. Just start with what you have and learn, learn, learn. That's my mama number one thing. You must learn. If you have questions, what I do, if, if, if I have a question like how to dye pants, don't stress yourself like, I don't know how to do that. Just go to Google and ask Google that. Go to YouTube and just search for how to dye pants or how to be good at marketing. So learn the internet is there for us. It's there to teach us stuff. So my number one advice is start small and be open to learning. Hmm. I love that. Because I feel like generally, like you said earlier in your response, that the youth just have this very go big or go home response mm-hmm. to life. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're no. not big, and it's like, oh my, it's, it's the instant gratification. Yes, mm-hmm. oh, we have such yes, a problem with yes, that. Yes, that 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 leads to a lot of disappointments. You must have that vision that yes, my business is going to be big. Mm-hmm. But that more as it, as, it, as the business is growing, you're also going to grow with it. Yes, 
and you'll learn as well. With and you'll learn as well, yes, yes. So being in a township, there must be all sorts of uh, all sorts of different challenges. Would you maybe mind sharing some of them? Maybe some of the challenges also you have experienced specifically as a young black woman. Um, it's, um, you know, being in a township is very difficult to, 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 to run an online business um, because we are we rely a lot on internet. That's, that's our thing. We need a lot of internet for where I come from. Um, we don't have a lot of infrastructure to support us with um, um, connection, with internet connections. Um, but, but there are not a lot of towers. Even if you do get a router, the signals are very poor. Oh. So you have to wait for certain times of the day, you know, that you know what, I'm on two or three, that's when my signal is the strongest. Then I can download a few stuff or do this and that. That's my number one um, 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 struggle is infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And also from um, my, my, my community as a whole, it's service delivery. Uh, we get a lot of power cuts. Mm-hmm. And then with the power cuts come load shedding, and we need power to operate. Mm-hmm. So it's the infrastructure and the service the service delivery, but also with all of that, um, you, 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 you get to make plans and see how you can work in order to, to overcome those disadvantages. And if you find ways in the most magical way that you never think of. Do you have any examples of any of those like magical ways? Because it sounds very interesting. I'd love to hear <laughs> if you don't mind sharing. <laughs> All right, like for instance, with me with internet, I know um, I, I, I get more power. I mean, more more strength signal um, uh, in the a.m. in the morning. Oh. So I would wake up early in the morning and download whatever that I want to watch. Like I said, um, I ask a lot of questions on the internet. I, I, I learn visually. I'm a very visual person, so I learn easier on the screen than any other way than reading on a book. Or maybe I would want to, to, to know about a specific topic regarding my business. I would wake up in the morning, buy data on my phone, and then I would download whatever it is that I need for the next day. Hmm. If it's, it's content that I can download and consume on the following day, I would do that. Or there are centers also in the community, but right now with COVID-19, it's very difficult to go to those mm-hmm. centers because of their clothes. And you can always do your work there and get free internet. Mm-hmm. That's very good. You've got to plan yeah. ahead. You, there's not a lot of spur of the moment going on. You've got to say, right, this is my to-do list for today. This is what I need to prep for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So you must be very well organized. I am. I am. I'm very well organized. I always have a plan like this is what I'm going to do today, this and that. And also, like I said, my family helps me a lot. If if it wasn't for them, I don't know what I would do. Well, that's lovely. That's such a great testimony. To have your family so close by and to be actually supportive of what you're doing, that's wonderful. Yes. Do you ever have your family model some of your clothes, or are you the only one who models them? I'm the only one who models the clothes for the moment. I've asked my mom, but she's a bit shy. She wouldn't know that you won't show your face or anything. But um, for the moment, I'm I'm the one who who, who models all the clothes and all sizes. Could you maybe tell us a bit more about um, where you get your clothes from? I know that they're all from your community, but how do you pick out a garment? Um, my in my community, there are little markets. Um. In every street corner in township, 
uh, we call those ladies uh, mom cozy, which means my friend. Translated into English, it's called my friend. So those women, they sometimes also have clothes with them. Mm-hmm. So I would get it from them or I would tell them, like, you know what, I'm sending clothes, so can you just tell your friends mm-hmm. just to bring me clothes? And in, 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 in our in communities such as ours, we are so close-linked that everybody knows that I sell clothes. Okay. So I always have tons and tons and tons of clothes dropped off at my house. There's people willing to <laughs> give me their clothes <laughs> to buy. Oh, that's wonderful. I would mm-hmm. like to ask, if you don't mind sharing with us, what exactly your like vision is like for your business? Like, where would you like want to see your business in like, let's say, ten or five years? Um, in the next ten or five years, I would like to still be online, but you know, I would want to help mm-hmm. the women in my community because those women that I'm getting food from, it's some of them. It's also their business. So for me, buying from them, I know that I'm supporting their families. Mm. So I would like to empower such women to get into the same business as me. I know that them selling, um, selling me stuff, I'll be able to, to, to help them and also grow it into a global business. Just mm. show the world the beauty of South African vintage clothes because I believe that we have one of the most beautiful collections from the 80s and the 70s the world has never seen that the clothes that I collect, if I see that it was um, manufactured in South Africa, I get so, so, so excited and so happy. Mm. Oh, I didn't realize the clothes were mostly South African based. Huh. Apart- Excuse me? No, 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 I didn't hear you then. Oh, sorry. I said I didn't realize that the, cl- the clothes were like South African, like local is lacquer. Like I didn't realize <laughs> that. That's, that's amazing. Mm. Most vintage clothes are, oh. you know, in the, in the, in the 70s and 60s, South Africa was producing um, most of the clothes. We were not importing as many clothes as we were today. Oh. There are, you'll be surprised, there are vintage tours, there's vintage machines, and the quality is amazing yeah. compared to what you get today in the shop. So every time I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I must add to that. I must add to that. There used to be in South Africa, we used to not only make our own clothes, but we would make our own fabrics. Oh my! We'd have mm-hmm. our own cotton cotton looms, our own linen looms. But that has been, for whatever reason, Trollo, you might know, it's been scaled back so far that we kind of have to import a lot of the stuff we use. Oh my! I genuinely yeah. had no idea. Trollo, you you might know a lot more. You're studying this. Please, please. <laughs> yes, that's um. It's- uh, that's uh, because of fast fashion. Mm-hmm. People now are wearing clothes very quick. You want to buy a new pair of jeans every season. Mm-hmm. And back then, it, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. We were able to, to, to produce our own clothes. Our, 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 um, um, our communities were able to work in such, uh, such factories. That's why you see these days, most clothing factories are being closed down. It's because of the number of imports that's coming in from um, China and other countries that are making clothes at very, very, very low cost. And they're making those clothes um, exploiting women and children. Yeah. They work for close to nothing in very, very bad conditions. That's why you're able to find very, very cheap fast fashion clothes. Mm. It's what they're calling modern slavery, actually. Mm. Correct, correct. Yes, that just reminds me of something that, like, I read. I think 
one of those sweatshops, there was a big story that broke like a couple weeks ago, I think in Bangladesh specifically, how some company, Fashion Nova, I think, and then another company that may or may not be tied to the Kardashians was just not paying their workers. There's actually a whole petition going on at the moment. So there are quite a few fast fashion brands that committed or have not yet committed to paying for clothes that they ordered. They've The clothes have been made, <laughs> but they cancelled it, and they now have not paid those garment workers who worked overtime to get the stuff ready. So there is actually a petition going on for that at the moment. That is just heartbreaking. It heartbreaking. is. So... I mean, obviously, this fast fashion and sustainable fashion conversation is quite a big one, and we're really only touching the surface at the moment. And I think, Cholo, that your um, your passion for this and your your drive to spread the word on this and to empower your community that just mm. speaks to the African values. Mm. We don't just think about ourselves; we think about our community. How are we going to help not only our own household but our our village? our town, our country? How are we going to empower them so we can get back into a place where we can show the world, look at this African ingenuity, look at this African design and how incredible it is. We don't have to import from China or Bangladesh or wherever. We don't. We can make our own. And to get our looms back, to get people making and weaving our own fabrics again and to be made. Oh, yeah. I could go on about this. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on and for speaking to us about this. Um, please, please, please go check out her Instagram page. Go and support her. It's Wolf the Vintage. She's up in Gauteng. So we are thinking of you guys. And um, a warm welcome from a way too warm for winter Cape Town. <laughs> it's very rainy, though, but it's really warm, especially at night. <laughs> Before we get on a weather tangent again, <laughs> as we, we're a bunch of old ladies down here. We like talking about the weather. Tola, thank you so, so much for your time and for your passion. And we really look forward to seeing how your business grows. Thank you so much for having me, guys. And we will speak to you again at some point in time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that was Cholo. Oh, my goodness. I mean, yeah, we could talk about fast fashion and how far it reaches for... (laughs) I could go on for literally hours. The one thing that really stood out for me was that teamwork really does make the dream work. Like her family, her community, Mm. how she said, you know, dying a pants, she knows a person. So that way you Mm -hmm. are, you know, supporting local, supporting each other, using each other and Mm. building each other's businesses. I really love that. Something that I've learned through like church stuff, they're always telling you, you know, you've got to start this new thing, you've got to go do a thing, but collaborating with people. Mm. Because yes. if you can think of it, someone has probably already started a business of it. Yeah. So instead of just being like, oh, I'm just going to start another one, find out, is someone already doing it? Are they doing it well? Could you mm-hmm. guys collaborate? Could you work together? Do the thing? Right. Mm. This is all just like reminding me. In my law studies and actually throughout my entire schooling here in South Africa, we've learned about this African humanistic philosophy i'm sure you guys are familiar with it ubuntu and just like as chola was talking i was just like like i could i could just feel it like Mm. it is in her community like they i am because we are and like how they all come together her family everyone in the community to help her because they know that she is like the fashion lady and they all want to help her and you know, it takes a community to raise a, a village. And even though she's not raising herself at this point in time, they are helping build her business. They're like mm. raising her business. They're raising yes. her business. In many ways, could be seen as a child because, you yeah. know, you, you've got to start small. You've got to start simple. And things kind of take off if you if you if you have identified a niche market. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, does yet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness gracious. So we 
So, well, this has been another episode of 180 Degrees. I'm not sure what we'll be talking about next week, but you can be sure it'll be a lot of fun. Yes, this is 180 Degrees. Signing, Signing out. out.